up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. Appreciate you taking time out today to listen to the latest episode of the show. This episode will recap UVA versus Pitt that went down this past Saturday. Um, yeah, we're gonna break down any and everything that you want to talk about. <clears throat> if you're somebody that's impatient, let you know right now in the first segment after we get done with the with the numbers, the stats portion. We're going to talk about the defense first. Okay, so I figured the defensive segment would be a, a, a whole lot longer than the offense. Offense offense played great. I mean, they had spots where we, we wish they would have took advantage of, like, field position and opportunities. But we know the defense is the main side of the ball that's being discussed the most. So um, talk about – the touchdown passes and, and what broke down and, and other various things that I saw, you know, positives, negatives. A lot of people are going to point out the negatives, of course, because it's easy to identify the negatives because that's when points take place, like touchdowns and stuff. So don't want to get ahead of myself, man. This episode is sponsored by Aber Insurance. Go to Aber Insurance for all your insurance needs. That's home business, auto life insurance. <clears throat> the great people at Able, servicing the state of Virginia for over 20 years, man. Definitely holler at them and tell them the ball hawk sent you so they can create a policy that fits your budget, man. So, yeah, we're going to jump right into this. As you can see, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. A part of me has to continue to elevate and better myself from going down to Pettyville. <laughs> Because it don't get me anywhere, man. As much as I, w- I would like to, like, air quotations, put people in their place, it's not warranted. It's really not. Um, when I think about it, it's just not. So I feel like a lot of times my breakdown and the information I provide you guys is serving shut the hell up juice to folks who think nothing is changing and think that the coaches aren't um, changing up schemes and you know, what whatever questions that they have, if if they do take the time to listen to what I say versus just trying to listen to anything that agrees with something that they tweeted or shared or oh, social media. And I mean, that's just unfortunate. Like, I feel like I provide a lot of information during my breakdowns that can help clear up questions that you have. But I'm not trying to sway your stance, period. Not in the business of trying to change your mind. I'm in the business of providing more information for you. So let me say that one more time. 
I'm not in the business of changing your mind. I don't try to change minds. I just try to help people better understand what's going on. All right. Because for some reason, a lot of folks, when they engage in conversation with me, they have this notion that I want folks like to agree with me or that I'm a know-it-all and I'm never wrong. It's just like, no, I'm not saying, first of all, there is no damn right or wrong. You, 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 you have your interpretation from what you see. That's the beauty of sports. We all have an interpretation based off what we see and how we look at it and the type of lens that we have. All right. Um, so that's the first and most important thing that people have to understand with me. I don't operate in right or wrong. I operate in just providing you in-depth information from cut-ups that I watch from the games, that sideline and end zone view. I try to give you everything that I see, and hopefully I can formulate it in words that can paint a picture so your brain can identify what I'm talking about, and it can illustrate in your brain to help you better understand what you should see through my words. That's it. Um, and anything and losses and things like that, everybody deal with losses differently. I always like to say sometimes, man, you should step away from social media doing games if you just feel yourself hitting tweet too much. Because a lot of things you can't take back. And I'm not saying that you got to take it back. I'm just, all I'm saying is people petty. They keep receipts. They screenshot. And then when you come the butt of a joke, can't take offense of it. Um, and there's some other things I want to get into, but let's go ahead and set the mood. So it was my wife's birthday weekend, this past weekend. So I felt like I should start the podcast off with her favorite group, New Edition. And, and you know, paying tribute to my wife, playing her favorite group. This is how we're going to set the mood, get you upbeat, because, damn it, we lost Saturday. It's Monday now, so when I'm releasing this. So I ain't sad them. I move on. Like, that's what you got to do. You, you, you pissed off for a couple hours after the game, go to sleep, you wake up the next day, you're on to the next one, got tech coming up, and you know what that's all about. So let's go ahead and start this podcast off with this new edition. Let's get it. Everybody knows my name, but when I 
switch up, switch up, switch up, switch up, switch up, switch up. Let's go. What's up with y'all new edition? What y'all know about new edition? Take you way back. Hear the drums go. Hey. Take it all the way back. Hey, it's time for y'all to cool it, man. It's, come on. I just don't pick songs for nothing. Hey, hey, let's go. Sing the chorus, sing the chorus, let's go. One, two, let's go. Watch out. You're gonna lose control. Slow it down. Hey, 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 hey. Uh oh, you know I can't play cooling now without this one. Without this oldie but goodie right here. Yeah. Shout out to my wife, this is her favorite group, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this for her. Yeah. What was you at when this song came out? Mr. Telephone Man. There's something wrong with my life. When I dial my baby's number, I get a click every time. Mr. Telephone Man. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's all we're going to do. That's all we're going to do, man. That's all we're going to do. That's that new one. Wait a minute. You know I got to end with this one, though. Let's go. A little ballad. Growing up can be a pain. Sing it, Johnny. Go. You're not a man until you come of age. This is really me singing. We've up our teenage years. Our career. Hey. Responsibility. Of having to support our 
left from home. Let's go. We're about to Is get ready. Now I'm ready. That can Wisdom help us understand, man. Alright, alright, here we go, here we go, here we go. Alright, man. Woo! A little new addition, man. New addition in your life, man. Boys the man right there. That's the track. Yeah. It hit a little different. So let's go ahead and break down Pitt versus UVA, man. The box scores, all the stats, everything you guys want, because this is an analytical part of, I guess, era. You know, we all look at numbers now. We all love numbers, and numbers help soothe our decisions. Numbers help shape the way we view games. Numbers help shape the way we question a decision or agree with a decision, right? So, that's what this portion is. Uh, Pitt won by a score of 48 to 38. It was 45,183 people in Hinesville. 45,183 people in Hinesville, in Hinesville to see their now 9 and 2 Pitt Panthers defeat the Virginia Cavaliers. So, you know, we, we our fan base was like, yo, let's, we got to get some fans. Uh, the last game we played at Scott Stadium. We had 48,000, they had 45,000, and they planned for the Coastal. So, more it's not just our university struggling to put butts in the seats, even though they're playing at a pro stadium and it's off campus. But they had 45,000 people there. Uh, first downs, Pitt had 28, UVA had 27. Net rushing yards, Pitt ran for 169 yards on 38 carries. That's 4.4 yards per carry, and that includes sacks. Uh, UVA ran the ball 27 times for just 24 yards. That's one yard of rush, 1.1 yards of rush. What? Wait a minute. Okay. Uh, I would think you need. 27? No, never mind. Don't get my math out here in the front street. Anyway, we lost 47. So we really gained 74, but lost 47. They really gained 197 yards rushing and lost 28. Net passing yards, Pitt threw for 340 yards on 42 attempts, 26 completions. UVA 487 yards passing on 51 attempts, 36 completions. Pitt averaged 8.1 yards per attempt and 13.1 yards per completion. UVA averaged 9.5 yards per attempt and 13.5 yards per completion. Pitt had four passing touchdowns. UVA had three passing touchdowns. Both offenses went over 500 yards. Pitt, 509 yards. 
UVA 514 yards. Pitt had 80 total plays. UVA has 75 total plays. Pitt averaged 6.4 yards per play. UVA averaged 6.9 yards per play. Penalties. Both teams had eight penalties for 65 yards, but all penalties aren't created equal, especially on the one drive that allowed them to essentially get the touchdown they needed to really like put pressure on us before they got the other touchdown that they needed to put the nail in the coffin. Um, UVA has six punts for 245 yards. Pitt had three punts for 122 yards. One punt inside the 20 for both. We had a punt of 50 yards plus three fair catches for us, two fair catches for them. Ain't even going to get into kickoff returns. Time of possession. We had the ball more by. Was that a little over a minute? We had the ball 30 minutes and five seconds. They had the ball 29 minutes and 55. Well, no, that's 10 seconds. I'm tripping. 29 minutes. So it's basically even. Time possession is basically even. The one thing that jumped out was the fourth quarter time possession for me. Pitt had the ball 10 minutes and 54 seconds in the fourth quarter. UVA had the ball four minutes and six seconds in that quarter. Both had the ball for basically seven minutes in the third quarter. Pitt had the ball for just six minutes in the second quarter, but they scored their most points in a quarter that quarter. And we'll go over that. Um, Pitt had five sacks. UVA had three sacks. Points off turnovers. UVA had three. Pitt had zero. Rushing yards individually. Vincent Davis, 12 rushes, 100 yards, 8.3 yards a carry. Rodney Hammond Jr., 15 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Hollins has seven carries for 30 yards for us. Keaton Thompson had three carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. Wayne Talapapa had two carries for 11 yards. Devin Darrington had three carries for three yards because he lost eight on the bad snap. And then Brendan Armstrong essentially had eight rushes for, damn, negative 27. That's because of the sacks. So, yeah. Um, we are talking about Brendan. He actually attempted 49 pass attempts because Keaton had that little jump pass in the red zone. Was that on second down? Yeah, that was second down after the, Joey Blunt's interception. Uh, Brendan was 36 of 49. Three touchdowns, one interception, 487 yards passing. And still don't get the respect he deserves. 487 yards passing. All I kept hearing about was Kenny Pickett this, Kenny Pickett that, Kenny, Kenny Pickett this, Kenny, Kenny Pickett that. 26 completions, 41 attempts, two interceptions, four touchdowns, 340 yards. Broke all the records, Dan Marino records, and all this stuff. Congrats to Kenny Pickett. He is a good quarterback, though. I'm just trying to be a little bit petty, but, you know, he's a good quarterback. And he looked light years better than what he did 
2019 when we went down there and played them. It was like, yo, you can throw all you want to. So it just speaks to his maturation as a player. You know, so salute to Kenny Pickett. Salute to him. 1,900 yards passing and 28. I ain't going to read his stats on this day. going to recap. What am I doing? Um, receiving Jordan Addison, who <clears throat> was a guy that I targeted for a, a key matchup for Red Diamond Morning Coffee, Red Diamond Coffee and Tea Morning Brew, spilling the tea on the Panthers. I told you guys, Jordan Addison being in the slot can be trouble, and we found out. He was targeted 19 times. He had 14 catches, 202 yards, four touchdowns. Damn, I thought Dynamite Brown from UNC was in the NFL. I mean, he did. I mean, like his 62-yarder was was a hell of an individual effort. I thought Bratton had the pick. It was a bad thrown ball. He came back and snatched it out of Bratton's hand. And I could see people saying, oh, why didn't the DB just knock it down so we get the ball? But I ain't seen nobody do that. I'm lying. Nobody said that. Um, Jarrett Wayne, four catches, 28 yards. Louise, two catches, 33. I mean, Addison beat us by himself through the pass. I mean, four touchdowns, 202 yards. Keaton Thompson, 11 catches, 126 yards in the touchdown. Man, I hope Keaton get 1,000 yards receiving. He only, like, he's less than 100 yards, if I'm not mistaken. He's a little over 100 yards away from 1,000. So hopefully he gets that in the next two games because we do have a bowl game we're eligible for. Um, Dontavian Wicks targeted 13 times, had 10 catches. Keaton was targeted 14 times and had 11 catches. Um, Dontavian, 10 catches, 144 yards. He should have been credited with a day on touchdown, too. That was a touchdown on a catch by the red zone that he um, stressed the ball out. Jelani Woods was targeted 11 times, had just six catches, but he had a touchdown and 75 yards receiving. Rashawn Henry targeted four times, had three catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Billy Kemp was targeted three times, caught all three of those targets for just 20 Four yards. Malachi Field was targeted twice, had two um, catches for 32 yards. Devin Darrington, one catch, 10 yards. And then Grant and Jacob Rodriguez were targeted, but they didn't um, get a catch. Go to defense. Nick Jackson led the way. 12 tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss. West Weeks, West. Wes, Wes, I like the way you play, man. I like the way you've improved all season long. Eight tackles, two pass breakups, two quarterback hurries. Um, Elliot Brown, seven tackles, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hurries. Darius Bratton, six tackles, one pass breakup. Nick Grant, six tackles. One pass breakup. AJ, six tackles and an interception. Uh, Noah Taylor had five tackles and four quarterback hurries. Joey Blunt, four tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, an interception, and two quarterback hurries. 
Hunter Stewart, four tackles, three quarterback hurries. Cohen King, three tackles, one pass breakup. Jameer Carter, two tackles and a quarterback hurry. Ben Smiley, the third, two tackles and a quarterback hurry. Fentrell Cypress, one tackle. Mike Green, one tackle, one sack, one tackle for a loss. Antonio Clary, one tackle. Agunglier, one tackle. Famui had a quarterback hurry. And Mandy had two quarterback hurries. They didn't uh they wasn't registered. they wasn't credited with any tackles. We had 18 quarterback hurries, two interceptions, four tackle for losses, three sacks. Pitt had one quarterback hurry, eight tackles for losses, five sacks, one interception, and that interception was on the Hail Mary. So UVA was bring 18 quarterback hurries, and a couple of them should have been sacks. But that lets you know Nick Howell and Bronco and that staff were bringing pressure, and in return, you leave guys on the island. And um, that's going to segue us right now to the defensive recap right now. Defensive recap. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'll pull up the defense. I'm going to go over there first. I'm going to go over there first series. So we go out, come out in a 2-4-5 look, two down linemen, four linebackers, what you saw last week and what you saw a couple years when we played Miami. We got Noah coming off the edge, screaming like a bat out of you-know-where. Gets pressure on Pickett. They're running two speed outs at the bottom from a tight, Twins. So they started out with two receivers to the bottom. The Z Zens. So Z N. Short motion in towards the slot. So they almost stacked. And then they both run outs. And we're running like a little combo zone to the top. And he throws to the slot receiver who ran his out. Because Bratton had the outside receiver. It would have been a longer throw. But that's completed for a 12-yard gain. But on that play, we send five. We send our A-dog blitz that we used to run a lot with Micah Kaiser, with Stewart and Jackson. And Noah beats the heck out of the, guard, uh, out of the tackle because he bumps into the tight end. So Noah screams, and luckily they had a quick game going to where the quarterback could get the ball out. Because if Noah doesn't get there, then Stewart would have got a sack because he comes free. So they hit the call with a quick game. Second down, we come out on our two four five again. Bow with a snap, throws a bubble. Joy does a good job confronting, but he just comes to balance a little too far from Addison, who has – very good quickness, and he takes off towards the sideline and runs into Corn King, who maintains his leverage. He fights off the block, but they get an eight-yard gain out of that. And on this play, we were sending the same blitz again. Well, no. They were responding to the inside zone fate. Third down, two, four, five, look again. 
inside zone, 14-yard gain. We try to run a game in the boundary. We try to loop Elliott underneath the tackle to come into the A-gap, have Ben Smiley switching with Elliott, and in doing so, it's a natural double team that gets Smiley pushed out. So it helped out their blocking scheme by us running this front, this this game in the boundary, and they happen to run right to the boundary. So they hit the call with their offensive play. We come out in our two four five look again. We're in short zone. They try to run a dig. Bratton does a good job of squeezing and rerouting. Um, a line a linebacker. Comes out, well, I guess he had, well, yeah, Bratton saw that the linebacker got out overplaying the back, so he continued to squeeze the dig, so he was being a football player, not a robot, and he gets a pass breakup, even though it's bobbled. It was thrown behind a receiver, but he finished him. We sent four. We got Smiley in as the one technique. Mandy Alonzo is a three technique. So it's basically like a 4-3 look. Elliott and Noah are the ends. Rushing the passer. Manny does a good job with a spin move. So that's incomplete. The next play, 2-4-5 look again. They try to run the zone. I mean, inside dive. Not inside dive, but inside draw for five yards. So we go to third down. It's third and five. We got everybody to line the scrimmage, playing press. On the slot and the boundary, off to the number one receiver. Then they got a stack, twins, to the field. Nick Grant triggers from over the slot to the boundary, which causes the quarterback to look at Nick, and he couldn't keep his eyes down the field. Run a little combo. Now we run a short zone. So we run a cover two, basically, and we triggered Nick. So we're bringing five total guys. We had... Let me see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six guys at the line of scrimmage showing. We got Nick over the slot. So that's seven if you extend it out to him. So we got seven guys up at the line of scrimmage. So you got 31, 90, 94, 6, 4, and 13 all at the line of scrimmage. Nick Jackson drops, but Nick comes anyway. He's un- unaccounted for, unblocked. Damn. Quarterback gets out the pocket, so he misses, but Mike cleans him up. 31 runs him down, sack. That's a punt on that first series. Defense get them to punt in the first series. So that was a good thing. Um, But I got some plays circled that I want to discuss with the defense. So let's go to play 15 I had circled. So play 15, it was third and three. Where are they at? Third and three on uh, the 16-yard line. So they got two receivers to the top of the field. They got an H back to the boundary, and they got a tight X receiver on the numbers. They do Zen motion again with a Z receiver motions towards the slot 
Now he comes inside the slot, so now he becomes the slot receiver, and the slot receiver now becomes the outside receiver. So you got a very tight twins. They do a sprint out. We're in short zone. I, I remember this play vividly, watching in the hotel, and my wife was right beside me. I go, ooh, sprint out, we're in short zone. Corner should pick off this smash route. Smash whip, it just depends on your terminology. So a smash route is the receiver runs up the field two yards. He goes in a yard and he plants and he sprints towards the sideline. So, you, you know, you call it smash. You go in and out, in and then out. And then Addison, the new number, the new slot receiver is running a corner route. This is just smash concept. And then you got an over route from the backside because it's a sprint out. You want to tell the receiver to get into the, the relationship with the quarterback in which the quarterback can see him because he's the last read, the over route. So the smash route is the first read. It's a sprint out. It's third and three. Short zone. It's a perfect call for this. Perfect call, especially with a sprint out action. Cover two in the red zone. This is a perfect defensive play call. Perfect. Perfect. Don't get no better than this. Don't get no better than this. We got Noah getting pressure. He's trapped, so he can't get out the pocket. Then Mandy does a good job, or is that for Mui? Let me go to the end zone so I can see. That's for Mui. So another thing that we did, we put for, for Mui in the one tech, meaning he's he's to the field, but we got our one technique to the field. So we got him. Inside of the field side guard, outside shoulder of the center. He's right in that A gap. He's in a one technique. So snapping the ball when they try to sprint out, Fumoy swims the center who's trying to pull and get to the edge. So, because most defensive linemen, if that center steps out, then the D lineman is going to stay to that center's outside shoulder to maintain their leverage. Well, Fumui slips him and goes inside him. Real quick move. And the center turns around like, oh, hell. He got a good beat on my quarterback. Because you got to remember, the quarterback is sprinting out towards Fumui. So Fumui has a quick move. He's there. Penetration. Then you got Noah trapping him. So he's not going to get out of there. And for some reason, I feel corner. Doesn't trust what he sees. Like, bro. It's perfect. Like, this is perfect. With this Zen motion, you now got stacked twins. Both of them are inside the hash. Both receivers are inside the hash. Come to the outside shoulder of the number one receiver by your alignment and anchor your feet. You know where the sticks are at. And when you saw that it was sprint out motion, you know that the safety can now take away the corner route because of the flow of the play. And the safety has a backside safety that's also, since it's a sprint out, he's flowing towards that side. So even if it was a post, he'll be running right into the safety. Phil Corner should, I mean, like like that. This is something that that is explained and, and you know. Like soon it was soon as the sprint out action took place as a corner, you come up now. You already in cover too. You the force guy. You licking your chops. This is your chance to really be aggressive for any bait throws, which is the smash route. This should not have been completed at all. We hit the call. 
didn't execute it. So that's why I circled that one. Then play 60. So this is, so this is right. This is the next play. They had trips to the field, tight end to the boundary. Addison comes across, motion across to the boundary. Anthony Johnson has to bump out. He's playing inside leverage, which is blitz technique. He has no safety help. He's doing a good job with shuffling slow, shuffling slow, using the sideline as an indicator to, to stop. He stops. He jumps inside because it's a slant route. Great jump. Big time throw. Throws the back shoulder. So for anybody that was asking what was Anthony Johnson doing, this technique is good. He protected inside. This is similar to what you saw with Russell Wilson for the Seahawks when he threw the, the uh, we call it glance route because it's super close, but the slant route that was picked off by Butler, if Russell Wilson throws that to the back shoulder, he's looking like Anthony Johnson was right here because Anthony jumps the inside route. He, like the receiver, like if he throws it to the inside, Anthony Johnson's picking this. This is the interception or, or a big-time collision. But he threw it back shoulder to throttle him down. It's a great throw by Pickett. Big-time throw. Big-time throw. It's a big-time throw. Let's go to play 25. I got that circle. Yeah, we breaking things down. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break things down for y'all. I know people had questions and stuff. Play 25. Okay, this is when they got the test down. We had a free blitzer that was in touch that missed the sack. I'm not going to say names. There's no need to say it. We got a free blitzer. They came to trips to the field. We got five dudes at the line of scrimmage. We bring all five, and then we bring a safety. Untouched. One-on-one. Nobody sees them. Quarterback sees them. We miss again. That's the second time we had a safety come without being confronted. We don't finish. So the call was right. Now Pitt has a man, the man beater that we're running. We're running man to man. So the safety bumps over to check the near slot guy, which is Addison. They ran smash. We ran two short routes and a corner route from the very inside guy. We beat from alignment. Like, the safety is beat. This is the gamble you're running. You're like, yo, you got to get there. So the other safety, which everybody knows is Nick Grant, he catches up with Addison, but what he doesn't do is he doesn't attach him. You got to attach yourself to him before you look back. Like, if you get to him, you got to try to attach yourself, or at least if you look back, you got to look back towards his upfield shoulder. But then again, this is tough because this is in the end zone and you can't take the chance of trying to run to his upfield shoulder because the ball could be coming low in the way. But what he does, he does what a DB naturally do in this situation. You get there and you see the receiver slow up, so you peek back. But I'm going to put my hand around his hips and dip, you dip, we dip. And as soon as he looked back, Pickett was throwing, Pickett threw the ball. All the receiver did was turn. He turned and hopped, pick it through the ball. It just sucks. It sucks. We hit the call again. Like, this is the perfect call. We got an unblocked 
free defender. We just don't finish. We taking a gamble. You either get the sack or we're going to get beat. We got beat. Because truth be told, he wasn't even looking at Addison like he was supposed to. Who was that? Anthony Johnson on the backside? Yeah, Anthony Johnson does a superb job of taking away the single receiver side to the boundary because that's who he's looking to try to get the ball to. But if he would have read it right, he could have threw to Addison before the, the blitz and safety even got there. It would have been taking Cannon from a baby because the safety was beat by alignment. I mean, this this blitz puts him in the bind, but you got to finish that. So that's a touchdown. Uh, play 30. These are the plays that people requested that I talk about. What happened? Why isn't this one playing? Oh, there we go. So play 30. Come on, man. Which play is this? Oh, this was a sack by Joy. It won't play. All right, I'll come back and come back in. But this is a great play call again. Like, I, I I guess what I try to say is a lot of times, man, a lot of things are easier said than done. Just like when we tell guys, oh, don't be missing tackles. It's, it's, it's not easy to tackle dudes who don't want to be tackled. Like, you know, but here's another one. We run combo zone on the back end, send Joey late. Comes in unblocked, he makes that one. Because Pickett tried to get up out of there. Joey learned, settled his feet. And the last time we was here, Joey had a pick in a in a sack in 2019. And that was huge. That was on second down, second to 10. And I thought, what happened in the next play? They went for on a third and 20. They ran a crosser and caught it. And then they kicked the field goal. All right. Play 35. That was the pick by AJ. Play 37. Oh, see, play 30. That was so we coming fresh out of halftime. And I like this scheme right here that we ran. So you guys know how we blitz our boundary corners a lot. We call it a cat blitz. And we seen like when Georgia Tech tried to do it against us and they bring their safety over top, you know, you got the corner bliss and the safety runs over and he stays like eight to nine yards off. Um, but we ran a different variation to this. So the fact that we are in a two, four, five, we got five DBs. So we essentially use AJ as a linebacker as far as how he triggered because what I liked about this is that we ran cat. So pre-snap, we got Bratton to the field. We got Corn King in the slot to the field. You got Joey Blunt in the middle of the field. You got Nick Grant on the boundary numbers. And then AJ's outside of him lined up on the outside. That's Anthony Johnson. Lined up 
on the single receiver. So those are the five DBs. So at, at the snap of the ball, AJ triggers. Now <laughs> Nick runs out and it looks like a regular cat, meaning the 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 corner triggers, the safety takes over man to man from five to six yards off, and Pickett is like, "Ooh, I got him," because they run in the go route and they figure my guy's just gonna run by him, but they don't see what happens on the front side. Pre right before the ball snaps, Cohen King drops from playing in the slot. He drops black and, and he drops back into a high hash safety and Joey holds his disguise and at the snap of the ball he runs to the opposite hash meaning he's going to drift towards the numbers because that's the boundary because we're still playing cover two with Nick Grant at just five yards off so Nick appears to be beat but he doesn't see that Joey is the deep safety Nick does a good job of rerouting him at like five to six yards Pickett think I got one. I got the corner beat, but he never sees Joy. So this is a great scheme call. This is a great call right here. A great call. And way to finish it. Got a pick. Good return. Got it inside the 20. Matter of fact, we got it to the 11-yard line. And we had to settle for three. What play was that? Play 37. Play 45. So hopefully this is just helping clear up some things. I, I wanted to go to like their scoring play. So this is a play everybody wanted me to break down. This was the fourth and one in the third quarter. We bring six. I mean, we bring everybody, baby. I mean, we coming. Ooh, we coming. <laughs> and ooh, Pickett take a hell of a drop too. I mean, he dropped all the way back. Like he playing Madden. The ball's at the... Where's the ball at the 34? Yeah, the ball's at the 34. Pickett drops all the way back to the 45-yard line. He's at the 46-yard line when he throws this pass. That's how far back he dropped because he saw we was coming. And we just, you know, one thing I said about Pitt, they put their best receiver in the slot. And he put Addison at the slot, and we had Cohen King trying to cover him. Man, that's just that's just not a good. I mean, it it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like these are one of the things with that's what you live with. Like you bring the heat, and you hope they don't see it. Kudos to them for putting their best receiver in the slot, and we knew that was coming. I mean, it's one of the things that. The last time it was Nick Grant that was checking him and he had Nick essentially beat. Now, would you, a lot of people say they would rather just have Nick Grant trying to cover him because at least he played some corner and maybe had a better feel, but Addison just beat him with speed, bro. Like he won't go. I mean, this is tough. If Cohen stays square, Addison's speed, he would have ran away from him. His only way we had a chance versus this if Addison ran a corner route. But they drew it up, he ran a post, and he took the shot. Cohen's not checking that guy. I'm sorry. That's not that I mean, 
We don't, we don't, unless it's Anthony Johnson in the slot and you wouldn't even want Anthony Johnson right here trying to press him with no help over the top because that's, yo, man. Yeah. You, we did right. We tried to come out of him. But that mamma jamma dropped back and lay him yards and let it fly. Sometimes they just got more dudes. We brought six. They picked it. I mean, Wes almost got there. But like I said, he dropped back a lamb yards. He got the, the balls at the 34. He threw it from the 45. And beat us. Play 65. That's the P.I. This was a this one hurt. I think the receiver catches the ball if he don't grab him. Uh, maybe not. I've been looking at this play a lot, but we we bring pressure. I mean, we get home too, buddy. That's the backup too. They tried to they tried to roll out again. What are we running the outside? So they ran. They end up going trips. They ran Addison on the flat. Joy does a good job of hitting hitting the. So they try to set a pick on Joey. Joey hits the guy who's trying to set a pick, and he hits Addison. Joy does a good job of hitting the pick guy and going to Addison. So he took two guys away at once. And Cohen just he was trailing, bro. He was trailing. I mean, it's a sprint out. Dude has an outside release. Coins on his inside shoulder. You got no help. He gets to the receiver and he can't slow down and he grabs him. Unfortunate. Just, I mean, just unlucky, man. It's like, dang, football guys. And I was hoping the ball got tipped so they wouldn't call that or they would review it. But, yep. And it's the same, same um, drive, I think. Where we jumped off sides on the field goal and stuff too. And then the last touchdown, play 82. Third and five. We bring pressure. Oh, man. Dude hits Cohen in the thigh board. Pickett throws a bad ball. Because Braden has good initial good coverage on Addison. So he three by five release, meaning he's going inside. He gets pushed in three yards because he's running the corner route. So he wants to go inside to give himself a lot of room to come out. Braden does a good job of getting his hand and clamping him. But for some reason, he loses footing at the 45 and he slips. But the fact that he slips, Pickett just throws it early. Doesn't have a lot of uh, velocity on it. Bratton is loading up to pick it off. And Addison comes and take it from him. Whose ball is it? And it goes from a oh no to oh yeah. And that was the ball game because that put them up by 10. Damn it, man. So, I mean, initially in this game, 
I was talking to one of my buddies on DM, and he was like, why didn't we double team um, Addison? And we did. We started out bracketing him some, and then he started short motioning them. And once you start short motioning the receiver, it's hard to to bracket. So we started playing a lot of combo zone. I mean, short zones. Uh, we tried to reroute them and and press in the slots, but they did a good job of moving them, always moving them around, always putting them in like zen motion. Uh, like with Anthony Johnson, when when he beat him, he with him being on that motion, Anthony couldn't come up and press him. It's hard to press a guy, well, unless you play arena football and you are accustomed to jamming somebody that's moving. Majority of the time, motions will call. Like if you ever see a guy pressing the Z receiver, the receiver that's off the ball, anytime that receiver does a short motion in, you will see the DB back up. They will usually back up. They will usually give space. So they they saw us trying to put hands on Addison and trying to use two guys to cover him. Then they started motioning him and putting him in a slide and things of that nature to make the defense declare that you can't disguise. So it's tough, man. So defense, you know, unlike other games, they got stops. They got two turnovers. We we only scored three points off the two turnovers. I mean, especially the, the, the Joey Blunt interception, that should have been seven, bro. We need that. Cause, cause here's here's the thing about here's the thing about the defense, and we just we just keeping it real, not being disrespectful. So respectfully, defense been pretty much some trash can juice statistically, right? So if you know defense has been trash can juice statistically, and I'm saying it's respectfully, I'm not saying all those guys are trash can juice, but the stats would point to tra- like trash can juice area. I said going into the game, I put this on Twitter. I said, defense, get me one stop a quarter. Y'all know I come from arena football. We was like, yo, offense, we get you three stops, we should win. Because we expect you to score 85 to 90% of the time. Like, you start to gauge, like, what you could do. I played on teams where our defense has been lights out. And then we know how offensive struggle. So, if our initial goal was, Four stops a game, but we know our offense is struggling. We'll say, yo, we got to get six to help our offense. Or we got to, we are putting more pressure on ourselves. Because we ain't going to go in every game complaining that our offense ain't scoring. Like, that's just me when I played on defenses in which the offense has struggled in arena football. Like, the first couple games, you say, come on offense, come on offense. And then sooner or later, you understand your identity and you say, yo, defense, we got to step it up more. And anything extra we get from them is a luxury. And this is how I look at our team. And this is what gets me in trouble a lot of times with a lot of folks who are very passionate about their dislike for our defensive coordinator. They claim that I'm taking up for him because I have a competitive mindset with understanding that complaining about the defense is not going to change nothing. But as a competitor and I'm playing on a different side of the ball, I'm going to take, take onus to say, yo, we got to do more because we know – we know what they are. You feel me? Every game we can't say, hey, damn, defense just give us some help. They not. Respectfully. I'm saying this as a competitor. We know they ain't going to give us the help that people are typically, like offenses that score like us typically get. So we got to make sure that we execute at a very elite level if we want to win because that's what it takes. And 
if they get us anything additional, that's icing on the cake for us to really put our foot on the throat of our opponents. And that's why to me, I try to be like a, a super critical thinker and just take the hard route and just be like, yo, yeah, our defense struggles. We struggled. Was it the three three five? I'm glad we switched and started running the four two five. But you saw with the four two five, it's making us play more man on the back end. And everybody kept saying, "I don't care, just bring pressure." They're getting beat anyway. Well, we're bringing the pressure. Hmm. We actually getting punts. Hmm. We actually causing turnovers. The past two games, we caused turnovers and got interceptions. No victory to show for it. But again, the defense is still the topic. So you're getting what you requested, right? A more aggressive approach. You're getting what you requested as far as, hey, defense, get us some stops. Got you five. This I'm talking to fans now, and they got you five, five stops. You can say six because of the field goals. How many field goals they kick? We just having a discussion, man. This 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 is not me pointing the finger. Let me see. They kicked two field goals. Yeah. So they kicked two field goals, punted three times, two interceptions. Now, granted, one of the interceptions was for the half, and then we got the ball back, and you know that's when we threw the hail mary. So let's just say you negate the the Anthony Johnson interception, okay? Just say, well, ball hog, that was at the end of the half. Because just like they could say they got to stop for Brendan's interception in the end zone. That's a little different because Wicks is right there. Like, you don't pick that off Wicks podcast. But but you get what I'm saying. So, fairly, I'll say, all right, they ain't going to count that stop. We're not going to count Anthony Johnson's stop. So, you got an interception, three punts, that's four stops. And field goals are essentially stops because that's two possessions without a touchdown. So those two possessions equal six points. And we go back to the Louisville game. We go back plenty of games where when some even our game, Pitt defense held us to three after a turnover. That's a win for them. It's not a win for us. That's a win for them. So when we break things down like that, because of course. The whole numbers don't say I, I. The whole numbers say our defense didn't do jack. The whole numbers say we gave up 169 yards rushing. We gave up 340 yards passing. We gave up 48 points. Over 500 yards of total offense. The whole numbers say our offense scored 38, and our offense had over 500 yards of total offense, and we lost. That's what the whole numbers say. Right. They always say number wild context don't tell the whole story. So if you compare this defensive performance to all the performance we've seen before that got y'all pissed off at them, this is probably their best performance since Duke. Now, granted, they only gave a 28 versus Notre Dame. Okay, so you can say Notre Dame. But we know Brendan didn't play. But with Brennan in the lineup, this is the best defensive performance since Duke, which was a shutout. Or you could say Georgia Tech. 
again, if you keep the same energy as far as that the defense is trash can juice, if a defense, because, again, I'm not counting Anthony Johnson's, but if, they, if your defense give me one interception, three punts, and stop two drives and hold the opponent to three points each time with the offense I got, like, oh, that's what I want. That's why I kept telling y'all. They give me a – first of all, in the pregame show, I said we got to score 50 to win. We ain't do that. Regardless of what the defense do, we got to score 50. To have a shot. I knew that. Because they averaging 45. They going to get their average. <laughs> it showed. We shut them out the first quarter. Then they scored 24 points in the second quarter. And we had the ball more than them. That's why I'm not a big proponent and believer like time possession. Like, eh, got They had the ball six minutes and 16 seconds. We had the ball eight minutes and 44 seconds. They scored 24 points. We scored 14. Now, kickoff return, huge punt return. That's something that time of possession is not going to show you. That's something that those whole numbers are not going to show you. That's 10 points that they got, if I'm not mistaken, from special teams as far as scoring or field position. I want to say the big punt return. Let me see. Let me get to the second quarter. I want to say both of them happened in the second quarter. I need y'all punt return. Three plays, pick it, pick it. Yep. The big punt return, yeah, it took place there. So, special teams came into play. And usually all special teams have been special. But this game, it reared its ugly head. You got you have folks, like, question, like, yo, man, how come we don't try to return punts, like, return the kickoffs anymore? And, you know, Billy's banged up. Um, I know Darrington can go back there. I know that – um. Um, Mike Hollins was back there earlier, but he's been banged up. So, yeah, man. So, this recap was more defensive. Let's be honest. Offensively, you guys played great. The last throw, everybody wants to talk about that fourth. Like, so should we have punted on their side of the ball in the first half? I had no issue with us punting because we had just stopped them and you play field position. And, and if you get you a stop, then you have a shorter field. But hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, yeah, you should have just went for it because they scored on the second their second series anyway, right? And then everybody's like, why not go for the field goal there? You're down 10. And my philosophy is I'm going to try to get the seven first. So if I do get the onside, I know I got the three in my pocket versus getting the three. Then if I get the onside, I know I got to score because you saw – you know, what happened when we played Joy Tech? Like, they had to score. It's a little different when you know you got to score a touchdown at the end versus all you need is three. You'll get different coverage and things like that. And and with our offense, damn it, I'm trying to get to Sam right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And people try to say that the, the number show this. Somebody shared in a group that I'm in that the number show you should go for right there. Where the ball was at, 
So if you're going to use analytics versus the team when it came in the first quarter about punting the ball, don't hide from the analytics with a show that they should have not went for the field goal right there. That's all I'm saying. Maintain the same logic. So, yeah, man. So that's all I got for y'all, man. Now, as far as, as Twitter and things like that, I've come to the realization that I got to, like, not be so transparent doing games. So I'm going to start stepping away from Twitter, like, doing games, bro. Um, I think I read myself of folks who who are superly emotional and, and try to take their frustration out on me. Like, those, like I blocked those folks, so that, that, that's fine. I, I dealt with that on my own. It's, it was it's, it's disappointing when it's somebody that you feel like you was cool with and you feel like you got that understanding and, and they do something you think is like, you know, like they trying to shine on you or play you. Like I felt like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't even going to talk about the situation anyway. I ain't going to give that person no light because it's not a diss to them. I'm still wishing the best, but how to give them 50 feet. It is what it is. But, yeah, man, um. So I take it upon myself to continue to better myself and just be like, yo, you do what you do. Um, I apologize to anybody that I may respond to and and try to correct them and they feel like I'm trying to belittle them. That's not that's not my vibes. That's never my vibes. I will tell y'all this. I'll be transparent with y'all. If I really wanted to be petty and vicious and vindictive when it comes to Twitter. There's a lot of times where folks say some things that aren't very smart that I can just retweet and laugh at them and be and, and like really like let Patty Hawk like go in. But I don't. Right. Because I just be like people just vent. I got to realize like. People vent differently. And everybody not built the same. So with me, all I can do is tell you about me, me. I'm always super like positive and confident. It's a gift and a curse. So when things are bad, I don't think it's that bad because I was always taught that when things are good, I don't think it's that good. I I stay even keel. Like I, I look for what can be improved and I think it could be improved easy. That's just me. And if something's going great, I feel like we got to make sure we stay sharp because it could turn to worse easy. So that's why I'm not a guy that comes on here and say, fire this coach, fire that coach. And what is this DB doing? You should know better. And I'll, I'll say, Hey man, like if you outside leverage, you should not be allowing speed outs. You know, better come on, fix it. You got that. You've been taught to do that. That's how I approach it. I see folks saying, Hey man, Bronco is just too, like nonchalant, lethargic looking, like he's not screaming. And like every coach don't got to scream to get it. Like this is what I want to tell y'all, man. You don't got to scream at somebody to get your point across. Your words is your words. And a lot of times when you scream and cussing, people stop listening to you anyway. Like I learned that with my kids. Like I, ain't, I don't have to raise my voice in my kids. I could be like, hey, you know, you say stern, like, uh, excuse me. That's all you got to do. I could walk up to a player. I coach 10, 11 year olds. I had to scream. I'd be like, hey, that ain't the technique I taught you. Either you're going to do it my way or you're going to be on the sideline. 
And somebody be thinking I'm babying them. No, I'm being stern with them. But I ain't got to be loud. But it all depends on how you, you know, your journey, your walk. If you with coaches who had to rip you a new one and scream at you, and that's how you responded, cool. But that don't make the person next to you who tank when a coach screams at them, that don't make them soft. Because I've seen people, oh, they just soft. You can't scream at these kids soft. You can't scream at them. Nah, that don't make them soft. It's up to the coach to understand the best way to deliver the message to each and every player. That's what we've learned as the game has evolved, have we been more educated that there are different approaches to getting the best out of each and every player. Just because we don't got the old school Bobby Knights, and that that may be an outlier because he was throwing chairs and stuff, but even Coach Wells, he was slamming his hat and stuff, but when it came to correcting us, he had guys that he would scream at. He had guys he would go up to and be like, Christ, what are you doing? Fix it. Come on. And nobody will ever know that he said that to you. And then he may have the guys like, oh, my God, get him out of Like, he just embarrassed in front of everybody because he know that kid will get pissed off at him and want to choke him, but he going to play well. But if he did that to this other kid, he ain't going to get the best out of him. And that's what we run into in this, this day and age as a coach. If you, if you coach today in this day and age, you know firsthand the way you did it back in the 80s and 90s ain't going to fly. <laughs> It ain't going to fly. You got to perform. Coaches, you coaches, you know, player performance controls your paycheck. Point blank, period. If you keep sending the same guy out there, he keep making the same mistakes, then as soon as they like, whoa, 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 you keep sending them out there, though. That's what everybody going to say. So as much as I may know that they know the technique and seeing you drilling the technique, but if they not executing that technique, soon like that technique gonna be ex- got to be executed on that on that pine, and somebody got to do it because a player's performance affects the pay of coaches. That's just what it is. That's why I'm not in this business. No, I'm not doing it. No, a player can make you look great. Or a plague like you trash can. Like, that's... <laughs> what? Hello, I was a player. If I'm playing at a high level, my coach, my defensive coordinator is looking like a genius. The year I had 13 picks, defensive coordinator looked like a genius. Oh, man. Dang. Hawk, come over here and start playing with them. Start playing with that DB coach. Start playing with that defensive coordinator. Yo, they got him balling. That's the perception. If I'm out there playing like trash can juice, they're going to say I'm trash can juice, but they still going to be like, and the coach probably trash too because he trash. Everything is attached. Bryce Hall in the NFL, Juan Thornhill in the NFL, they looking at Nick Howell. Oh, that's, they looking at Nick Howell. But if the DB's struggling now, they're going to look at Nick Howell. <laughs> you know, Michael Kyle's are doing good. Look at Nick Howell. This linebacker not doing well. Look at Nick, like it's a, it's the gift and the curse. We saw that with Coach and I. Offense couldn't get going, and oh, you're being too cute here, and do this, and do this, that. And now all of a sudden, every time we turn around, quarterback's breaking every record in the Virginia record books. Bob looking like the man this year. The man. Huh? Play with it. We could say, oh, it's because Brennan here. Well, like they told me, ball hawk. 
co- recruiting is a part of coaching. So if, if guys not ready and the backups ain't really being developing, that's still coaching. Well, you got to have that same love for Dr. Bob. You can't say nothing about him. When they got a Bryce, Hall, Bryce Perkins, <laughs> Brennan Armstrong here last year, y'all couldn't stand Brennan. Huh? I ain't forgot that. Y'all used to talk bad about Brendan too, but Brendan continued to develop. Be patient. Trust the process. It takes time. Brendan is a Heisman, should be a Heisman Trophy candidate leading them fools. Right now, people wonder if Brendan going to come back. We all know the receiver coach need a pay raise. Believe that. Huh. Play with it. Home team right there. Huh? Remember y'all used to question the offensive line? Huh. Y'all love Coach 2J now, right? Offensive line dependable. Yeah. So, that's what it is, man. You know the motto, good is the enemy of great, be great in everything that you do. Never let nobody tell you you can't do what you set your mind out to do. Shout out to uh, Brendan Armstrong, breaking the school record and passing touchdowns. I, I know he probably should have broken by we got the pass and um, let me see what records he got. Uh, he broke UVA single season passing record with seven yard touchdown. Jelani Woods now has fifty career passing TDs, which is third all time. Um, four thousand forty four yards, seven most ever in single season by ACC quarterback. So yeah, Dotavian Wicks is like. 42 yards from tying Herman, 43 yards away from breaking Herman Moore's school record that was set in 1990. Herman's record is 1,190 yards. Wicks has 1,148 yards. Salute to Mike Green for his first sack of his career too. Joey Blunt um, got his ninth interception of his career. Salute to him. And that's it, man. That's all I got for y'all. Hopefully, you know, y'all get a better understanding from me that I ain't caping for nobody. I ain't top flight security for nobody. But I keep things in perspective. I understand how the moving parts work in football without throwing somebody under the bus. That ain't my, my that ain't that ain't my, that ain't my lane, bro. I don't do all this throwing under the bus, pointing the finger, and I don't do that. That's not me. You can do it. You can do it. Just don't tag me in that mess. Don't at me. Ask, don't. Don't ask me, Jack. When it comes to something negative, don't ask me, Jack. Because I'm not answering. And you might not see me. I might block you, too. Don't put me in the middle of wolves trying to eat some steak. Don't do that to me. That, that That's the easiest way to lose me as somebody you communicate with on social media. I don't do that, bro. I don't do that. You can have your view. You can you can say fire somebody. What I deem you can have that negative energy. I don't do that. I made that one time I did it. I felt bad. That's when Coach Grow was here and I, I was fire grow fire grow. And I got sat down. One of my homeboys who was on the staff was like, "Look, bro, you saying fire him? You saying fire me too?" You know. So that's why I don't go to fire route. And that's why I just pay attention. I watch film. And I point out what I see. And you take it for what it's worth. 
And I make sure Petty Hawk stays around for just fun segments. You know, two, three years ago, this would have been like a bloodbath type of podcast. Like I would have said some expletives. I would have said the name of the individuals I got into it on social media. I would have said they handles. I would have tagged them when I released this episode. Like I would have full fledged Tupac hit them up, but it wouldn't have got me nowhere, bro. I don't get you nowhere. It don't. At least my opinion. I know what I used to be. I used to be a little butthead that was super disrespectful, very immature. I'm getting better and better. And I understand my mental health. I understand what therapy does. So, so, so salute to the professionals who've been helping me. Um, all right, let me stop rambling. Y'all knows I don't even do no background music no more. YouTube be kicking my butt because I be playing all this um, copyrighted music. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out to Anchor.fm. If you want to subscribe, not subscribe, well, make sure you subscribe on Anchor.fm because that's where this is uploaded with the quickness, just like Spotify, just like iHeartRadio and iTunes. Those four platforms of my podcast upgrade, uh, uploads to instantly um pod being it take it can take a day for like the older one that i had so it's two different pod being profiles that i have now like one it self-generates and then the second one i gotta manually upload to that i don't upload on youtube too much because i you know it could be copyright strikes because of the music so that's why you haven't seen me a lot on youtube um so that's what it is man i've been talking too much we over an hour Y'all be great. It's hokey week. This is a week that um, it's tiresome for me, but it's humbling because I get a lot of interviews because of Virginia Tech week because of the play that I had. And um, we'll talk about that in the preview episode this Thursday. So y'all be easy, man. Y'all be blessed. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Love on your family. Um, And go who's, of course. Ballhawk, we out. Ah! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.